Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's a brand new week. It's Chris Dickerson. It's Paul Yanish. It's Farm to the Show. And we're joined by our very special guest, the one and only Joseph Votto. Longtime teammate, you know the rest. Joey, thanks for coming on the show. You're a tough man to get a hold of, as always. Are we live right now? It says oh, yeah. Live. Yeah. We've been, yeah, we've been live for one live, minute, live? 15 seconds. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. live, live. It's trying to turn on, trying to turn it, turn it on, turn on that charm, Joe. We're live. In the flesh. We want to be respectful of your time. We got to get going. It says live. Oh, that's crazy. All right. Um, 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 I'm good. Okay. He, <laughs> Joey's on. Farm to the show. Here we go. All right. So, Joe, you. Well, Paul was supposed to come with that with that intro. So now that we've laid that, laid out the ground rules, we can move forward. Welcome to the show. And um, first things first, like what do you mean? I mean, being injured. This I think this is last year was probably your. I mean, let's be honest, probably your most your first significant injury that you've had yeah, with I mean, a lengthy <clears throat> recovery process. I know you had the knee back in the back in the day, but nothing like nothing like this. No, I've never had an injury so. Um... Uh, persistent and uh, one that just can take so long to recover from. You know, I, I tore my rotator cuff back in 2015. And um, in last year, 2022, I think, I think my bicep gave out and I kept playing with it. Um, you know, your left arm is only as a hitter, your left arm's important, but um, you take for granted that, um, you take for granted that you'll just get your swing through, you'll make the catches, you'll be able to play as long as your throwing arm is good. You know, I think I, all three of us can, unless um, neither of you have DH, but uh, if you can't throw, you can't play. But if your off arm is jacked up or if something in your legs is jacked up, you can kind of grind through it. But so my, my throwing arm was fine and my left arm was <clears throat> not in a good way. And I just didn't understand what was going on until you know, I just faded performance-wise, and I was dealing with pain constantly. But again, you guys both played. A lot of players out there can attest that you play through um, pain at times, uh, and you just kind of just keep moving forward. As long as you're playing well, I think the signal to me to stop and get MRIs and, and have it checked was just how poorly I was playing because yeah, I, when I, it affects it, when it affects the team. Yeah, when it affects the team, for sure. You know, I've played through lots of crummy stretches physically, but I was playing really well, and I just didn't want to stop the momentum. And this is one of those ones where I was, I was not doing well. And that's kind of the same thing with this current IL stay. You know, I was I, I was fading physically, and it was affecting my performance. And so, you know, I just, you know, we we decided, okay, we're going to pause. We're going to continue to work on the rehab component. And and uh, you know, everybody I've talked to that's had something similar to this, which is not a common injury, the right rotator cuff bicep combo. Uh, they often say it can take a really, really long time to feel good again. So, uh, yeah. yeah, this is my first major surgery and, um, you know, it's, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want to do it again for sure. Yeah. I yeah, think I hear you. Dick, Dickie and I can both attest to how much pride you take in taking care of your body. Right. And so it, it says a lot for you to have to kind of, kind of take the measures you have going the aisle, especially in the stretch that you're going on. And I got, my, my oldest son, Joe, loves baseball. He's paying attention pretty close. And one of the things that came out of his mouth the other day is he says, I bet I bet Joey's having a lot of fun playing on such a young team. And I'm like, 
I don't know. I'm going to let, let's see what we got, but being on that team in that clubhouse at this stage of your career, it does. I'm going to go as far as to say, it looks like it's everybody in that locker room is having a good time. Can you help me out with kind of that dynamic from your perspective, which is so unique seeing as many things as you've seen over the course of time. Right. Um, <clears throat> so every year is new to me and I try to take the approach that uh, I'm going to engage my teammates. I'm going to build relationships. We're going to have hopes to move this team, this organization forward together. And, <clears throat> you know, this past decade plus has been really <clears throat> feels like false start after false start and <clears throat> not, not very good. And you know, it's tough when you finish off at the end of the year and it's 95 losses and you did the very best you could and you build relationships. Whereas this year, you know, we went into the season, not ex we were expected to lose at least 90 games. And at about the third mark, you know, I think collectively, again, I wasn't playing, but I was making sure to show up here and interact with the guys collectively. We sense that, wow, this is, this is, this is something. And with each new call up, new, the energy was boosted. And so I'm having a good time because, you know, I, I know what it feels like to, you know, charge through the minor leagues and to arrive and that uncertainty, that little uncertainty window that all players go through, or at least I think uh, a sure. significant percentage of the players yeah. go through where you really don't know who you are. And you're trying to stay and you're trying to perform well and you're trying to achieve all your goals. And uh, I'm watching these guys kind of experience that window, the failure, the, success, the, the, the successful moments, the successful stretches. And it's exciting. It's really exciting to um, step back and let them do the thing, but then kind of at times uh, kind of lightly nudge them in certain directions. I mean, <clears throat> it's a bit presumptuous to assume that I, I'm like a mentor or some sort of uh, guide. I've never thought that way. I think that, again, that's presumptuous, but if I see something that stands out that I think is like fundamental major league player, fundamental staying yeah. in the league, then I'll, then I'll, I'll, I'll help where I can. And so that's been helpful. That's been fun also. Yeah. And while it's not necessary, you have to be like a mentor or a guide, but you know that you've, you know, being your tenure and your status within the organization was going to put you at a certain level to where you were, I mean, basically like the unnamed kind of the captaincy role, the leader of that clubhouse. And you adopted that, years ago you know when you're down here for the off season when you kind of got to that point you're like you wanted to find a way to engage with those teammates a little bit more to fill that role um tell us where you kind of made that decision along the way and what you did because i remember you talked about the, the improv classes like five years ago yeah and, um, um, that was a part of that reason yeah no uh, <clears throat> so uh, i had a couple teammates tell me i was like aloof or we thought you were arrogant, or we thought you were a jerk, or we thought, you know, uh, you're weird. You know, I got that. Oh, that's early. That's early, Joey Votto. <laughs> that's like that's like circa 2013 to 2016, Joey. Those guys obviously, this guys obviously no, didn't know you well. No, yeah. no, no. It was more just like I, I, it was kind of in that um, the first three, four years of my career where I, I got the feedback from guys that I was kind of standoffish. And that, uh, you know, I'm not particularly social before and after games with guys. And I, I'm not breakfast guy. You know, I'm not, you know, go out to dinner on the road guy. I usually just go back because I'm fatigued. I have to play every single day. And I think I lean slightly introverted by nature. So I need some time to recharge at the end of the day. And I want to give my all every time, <clears throat> every time I play. <clears throat> and so I was kind of getting tired of, of being like, 
told that I'm not friendly or that I think I'm better than people, which is couldn't be further from the truth. Um, and so I read Dale Carnegie's book, uh, How to Make Friends and Influence People. Yes. And I found that that book, um, which, which, you know, the, 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 I guess the premise of the book is be sincere about wanting to care or, or about wanting to get to know about caring, about listening, about wanting the best for other people. And it kind of like flipped my perspective on how I want to interact with my teammates, how I want to treat everybody inside of the inside of the clubhouse. And so it, 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 it begat hellos and asking how people are doing and listening and just little pauses in my day, which I hated before because I thought that it threw off my rhythm. But um, little pauses where I like let people know, hey, I'm here for you. I care about you. How are you doing? And it's gone a million miles. I mean, I get the I get comments from a lot of people that they think think of me as a good team. And I, I haven't changed as a person, but I've interacted differently with with my teammates, which I think which I think is um, not. I think that a good teammates do that. And so sure. some of the habits that yeah. teammates, you know, Paul's Paul's an excellent teammate. Chris, I really liked playing with you. But to Paul specifically, Paul was intentional about saying hello, uh, chatting, uh, catching up, um, and I would watch him do that, and I would think, God, just you know, like, how do you, how are you so friendly, so social? How do you have the stamina for that sort of thing? And I, it, I realized maybe he was raised with it, maybe it's just his habits, but I, I admired that about. There's been quite a few teammates along the way that are really strong at that. Paul, Paul was really great at that, and it turns out it was just here for you. I'm going to listen. I'm going to say hello. We're going to be, you know, we're going to get along well. And, you know, I imagine you've probably been invited to a ton of weddings, Paul. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on a lot of wedding lists. But uh, I believe you, also, you also have to take into consideration for me personally, Drew. I was trying to figure out a way to stay on the team. That was, I was, that was part of my no, role. I, 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 was, I, I, was, I was like the glue. I and I was like, I, was, I actually remember talking to Walt Jockety. And I was like, hey, man, as long as he's like, as long as Joey has you in good graces, you're, you're in good shape. Don't worry about it. I was like, dude, I'm going to make sure that Joey likes me. <laughs> yeah, no, there were plenty of wink, wink moments between the two of us on the bench. Like, <laughs> there are plenty of moments where I'm like, "You're just trying to stick around, aren't you?" And you're like, "Yeah." <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you this: I appreciated the way you went about your business, and it, it makes sense the way you're kind of describing the evolution of yourself as a teammate slash player because those things, those two things, kind of overlap. And I just remember the the in, how intentional you were with your preparation and. I'm going to cite a story that I still use because I'm coaching college baseball. Obviously, you and I communicate a little bit about that. We have a couple of kids from Cincinnati on the team who are obviously big fans of yours. But you said something to me one time after you hit like a scud missile right at a center fielder. And it was a line drive out and you come back to the dugout. And I said something to the effect of, man, it's tough, you know, whatever. And you looked at me and there's some profoundness in the statement. But you looked and said, look, man, when you hit as many balls hard as I do, like some of them are going to be right at people. And to your point, that could be perceived maybe in a couple of different ways. But for me, and I still use this, like I tell our players this to say, like, look, man, don't be so results oriented. It's a bit, the process unfolded and everything happened the way it was supposed to. I'm, I'm satisfied with that at bat. Uh, the fact that the center fielder was standing there, that's just unfortunate. But so hopefully that makes sense because I still use that as a teaching tool. And obviously saying it about somebody like yourself carries a lot of weight. So I just appreciated the way that and from that standpoint, you went about your business in a lot of ways. Yeah, so a couple of things I learned that I, I there was a quote I think from Frank Robinson, and I think it was along the lines of like, uh, 
you know, good hitters make the most hard outs, something along those lines. Sure. And, um, <clears throat> you know, nowadays, nowadays you get actually, you get, um, propped up or you get, you get, um, supported because of our, the, the, a lot of the, the metrics, uh, the metrics. Yeah. Right because of the metrics that like you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Like hard hit percentage. All, all of those get kind of factored into the way you're, you're judged, the way you're evaluated. Now that's, I'm always chasing hitting the ball hard because, you know, good things come out of that. Um, but in the past, you really didn't. It was kind of like, you know, it's kind of like you just had to have faith that you play enough games and you hit enough balls hard, good things are going to come about. But nowadays, it, you know, you could have a, you know, a 400 expected WOBA and a 300 WOBA and people are like, oh, he's doing great. And you're like, <laughs> you know, the average person be like, what are you talking about? He's, you know, he's got a 700 OPS. But then they'd be like, you know, he should have a 950 OPS, but he's been extremely unlucky. So people get the benefit of the doubt because because of the advanced, because of the, the, the data now, the public data. And so Paul brought up just your preparation. And it's one thing that you go into every season, both with a kind of a physical demand, a physical goal, and just how you do your off-season training. Like I've seen you over the years, you know, with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to kind of doing like martial arts to getting more movement oriented. And I've seen this involvement over the years and with your hitting as well. It's, you know, some, some years, you know, like last year, I think three, you know, like three years ago when you came out of the crouch and you started to get more upright and get more intentional yeah. with kind of getting back to that you know, that Joe, that upright kind of Todd Helton, Joey, that we're all used to. But I was at the game a couple of years ago when you, when you fouled off, you fouled to, it was a, it was, I think three, three back-to-back changeups, you fouled off to the first baseman, which ended the, the streak of not fouling, most consecutive at bat, uh, not popping up to the infield. And that was, that's been a goal of yours since, since we were playing together is to, that's that's a no-no for you. If you can go the whole season without popping up to the infield, like that's a success for you because that says something about where your approach and where your swing is. What are some of the goals that you go? What are some of the other goals you've gone into a season with? Yeah, um, goals going into seasons. Almost every year, it's I want to see if I can play 162 games, and uh, you know now at this stage, I don't want to say stage, but you know. Basically, from last year having the injury, um, and now there's been moments where I've been platooned or switched out for, which I don't like. But ain't it? <laughs> um, you know, the, the goal is to the goal is to play as often as possible and, and gather as many plate appearances as possible, and <clears throat> that that to me is a reflection of performance and health. You know, the two hardest things in this game. If you can if you can be available every single day with your health and then if you can be available if you earn the at bats if you earn the 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 you know uh, opportunity to start and to compete against the kershaws and the you know the the snells and stay in you know in the ninth inning against the haters and that's a reflection of nowadays especially with all the platooning that's going on the switching in and out that's a reflection of the not only the manager but also the front office having faith in you so um that's probably the hardest thing to do um and i go into every season with that hope now i mean i don't i i don't i don't have much longer to go um and so now it's just health and play as often as possible and but health being 
you know, like one A, B, and C. Right. Yeah. As Dust used to say, the, the greatest ability is availability. Oh, certainly. As you play and as you accumulate um, f failures, uh, you know, you realize just making the lineup every day is an achievement in and of itself. You know, I've, I've just I passed 2000 games not long ago. And, you know, the the pride I had in that one in particular, uh, you know, really, I'd say that the two things that the two goal, major goals I had in my career was to play it. I was hoping for closer to 2,500, but I had some injuries in the COVID year, but to play at least two something games, 2000 some odd games, and then to play past 40 years old. So, you know, I'm, I'm coming up on 40 this Sunday. And so Ooh, two big goals have been, um, are, are approaching. Dude, Feliz, Feliz cumpleaños, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, so you're kind of referencing it and you can answer or not answer, but I, I feel compelled to ask because you're talking about having fun. You're talking about the health. There's a bunch of variables there. Knowing that you're such a fan of the game, man, and the fact that you've been won one uniform your whole career and who knows what the future holds, man. I, I, I can ask you if you want to play next year. You can answer it if you want to. It doesn't matter. But like the fact that you've been in one uniform, tell me like the meaning of that, because the types of players that have had the ability to accomplish that, I mean, we can all agree are unique, right? That's the, the, the best way to say it. So what would that mean to you? What does Cincinnati mean to you? You know, we, we can cross the bridge of if Joey Votto plays next year or not, but but tell me about that. Um, <clears throat> well, it's, 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 it's hard to do because you have to play your, your, it's like, um, <laughs> it's like an equation. It's like performance, um, performance and then, you know, an agreeable salary and then likability. It's like some sort of equation with those three yeah. factors. And it's an so, algorithm, algorithm. Yeah, if you're not likable, you better be real good. Better be really, really good. Good, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say that, um, I would say it's, it's truly been an honor. I mean, when we made it, um, I signed up, uh, 10, 12 year deal um, about 12 years ago. And when we when we complete that deal, the conversation between the two groups, the two parties was, you know, you're staying put for your career sort of thing. You know, I wanted an opt out in the contract and, and he wouldn't give it to me. He wanted me to stay here. And now with, with you know, distance, with, 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 with hind, not hindsight, but just like looking back objectively, um, it was the right thing because, you know, you, you got to be all in if you're going to, you know, if he, if the ownership and the organization are going to make that sort of commitment, the player has to be all in also. And so I'm, I'm really proud of making it this far. I think I've played well. My goal when I signed that deal was to basically pay it off. My mom was very, is very much about paying things off. And so, uh, you know, she she didn't say anything about that, but I think it's in it's in my DNA where it's like we pick things off, we take care of our end of the bargain, and um, yeah, no, I'm proud of I'm proud of making it this far. And as far as next year, you know, I really want to just get through this month and you know see where we go with the playoffs. I think uh, there's a chance that we could have some fun in October, and you know, we've got a team that's just proved resilient all year, and. I don't know. I'm proud. I'm proud of wearing the uniform, but I'm proud of, you know, sharing it with the particular group that we have in this clubhouse right now. I mean, 
when you're on a winning team, you, you, you identify differently than the teams that that are, are struggle type teams. And I feel like a strong bond with this team. And most importantly, I feel a strong feeling of respect for the group. And um, I just want to fit in. And I hope to do that when I come back. He said, I want I just want to fit in. The guy's been there for se for 17 years. He's still <laughs> trying to fit in. Joey, I love you. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, so we were talking about just like some non-baseball stuff. And Joey, look, we've been talking about this forever, just your your travels and how it's important this this evolution of being a teammate, being being a player, but being a teammate, but just life in general, like going off to your off-season travels, you know, traveling around the south of France by yourself going out and getting a, a rental car. I know that's a big thing for you is just to get out and do your, your international travel. You fell in love with international travel long, long ago, just really kind of getting immersed in the culture, the history. That's a big part of you. And wh wh where is it, where is it taking you? And how do you see that being continuing, you know, after baseball, kind of like a Larry Fitzgerald where you're just like, you're just going to become the world traveler for like two months and just be out there and the, the jungles of Thailand, just making a hut or something. I could see that. Is that what he did? <laughs> you well, you went to Thailand. He was in Thailand for like, yeah, he was doing some crazy stuff. You know, him and him and Ricky Williams. There were some yeah. dope travel shows. I could see you doing something like that. I'll have to ask him. Um, <clears throat> this will have to have to be the last one. I'm gonna ha head out for work. Um, oh, then it's the best one. Uh, yeah, no. <clears throat> so I don't have. I, <clears throat> I'm not married. I don't have kids. At some point, I'd like to have a family, but you know as Paul can attest, mm. uh, with the family life. I, Chris, have you gotten married yet? No. Um, <clears throat> and and I, I, because I don't have the fam the family commitment, um, I, I maybe have a little bit more, um, uh, leeway, less commitments so I can, I can pick up and, and head out. Um, <clears throat> I've traveled a little bit, but I wouldn't say I'm, I'm any sort of world traveler. I mean, I, I think I saw a video of uh, Joe Musgrove and Sean Manaya in, in, you know, Antarctica. Oh wow! And uh, during the off season, and <clears throat> so I've got a long way to catch up as far as like post career. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. There's plenty of places. You know, I'd love to go see the Taj Mahal in India. Uh, I've always wanted to go to Australia. I've always wanted to go to Japan. I find that every year it's felt like an off season crunch. You know, I allow myself four, maybe six weeks, depending on how taxing the year was, mm -hmm. to do what I want. And sometimes I don't want to do anything. But the second I start training again, I'm locked in on that all the way until spring training. And then the season runs back again. So, um, you know, if I don't have kids before then, I would imagine when I, when I you know, stop playing, that I'll probably do something to pick up and do some traveling. I mean, there's too many places to want to, want to take in. So, yeah, um, yeah. Hey, Joe, if you're looking, to, I, I'll lease out some kids. If you want to, like, just put your toe in the pool just to, like, see how it is. Like, yeah. oh, I've got three yes. kids to lease out, so just let me know. Start with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, start with the uncle role. Yeah, start with the <laughs> just wade into it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a beautiful thing, uh, a family, but I, I'm not quite there yet. And I, I couldn't imagine doing family and performing at the same time. It would have been an awfully selfish experience, especially if I wanted to play well. So. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that I'm, I'm, I'm waiting until ideally post-career. Sure. Well, sure. Yeah. Went the Jeter route. Respect. Yeah. Respect. Well, yeah, gotcha. Hey, Joe, thanks so much for taking the time, dude. Hey, get healthy. 
the the next the next month of baseball is obviously going to be a big deal in Cincinnati. Can't thank you enough. Really good catching up, man. And hopefully at some point we'll get the opportunity to do it again, dude. Good to see you, bud. Yeah, I love to. Thanks, guys. See you, Joe. See, see you guys later, man. See you. See you. Paul Yanish, Chris Dickerson, just keeping it real. <laughs> Always and off and off he goes and off he vanishes. Uh, I don't know. I hope he didn't. I hope he didn't close that computer too fast and it just didn't up and it didn't upload. Seriously, I think he, he smoked he smoked that thing closed and we got the no camera sign after we specifically told Rob to to keep well, it on to wet, to think, make it load. I think Rob may have been out of luck there, but um, um, hey Chris, good catching up with old buddy Joey Votto. He uh, some things never change, and I'm saying that in a good way. What do you got? Yeah, I mean he's uh, he's just he's intentional and as deliberate as ever mindful of his time in and out efficient as yeah. ever men on some efficiency um no but always great to catch up i mean it's uh you know dating back to 2003 and here we are it's two you know 2020 it's nearly 20 years yeah yeah 20 years it's pretty crazy and that that type of longevity is is exceptional and to see what he's done with that team the role and what he means to that with this the city now is is truly amazing and so I, I feel you know i feel honored to to play you know 10 years with a guy and to obviously just to see his you know see the last how these last three particular this year because yeah. you know we've discussed with the youth and the, the that's something that you know like movies are made out of well you know, is that that right mix of personality I, to I totally agree man and you and i can i mean we will agree on this whether this is his last year or not i think in and it's standpoint that's likely that it's his last year. At least it's been a fun one. I know he's had the injury issues. You know he's having a good time. You can tell by the fact that he's just so open about the experience. So I'm with you. The last month of the season here, they need to less than a month, but they need to they need to get hot, stay hot rather, because they're playing well right now, and figure out a way to get into the playoffs and see if they can create a little magic. Because I think that'd be appropriate for sending him off a little bit if, in fact, it's his last year. Yeah, it would be it, for for me. It, it has to happen because, um, you know, like you said, it's the way he was explaining that injury was very similar. And I was very lucky, you know, in double A, same that we were on the same team and I fully tore my rotator cuff on non throwing. It's it doesn't it doesn't go away like it's something that lingers. And I was fortunate that that was when I was 23. You know, Joey's like you said, he's going to turn he's going to turn 40 on Sunday. And, uh, you know, you and I both know that 2017, the amount of time it took you and me to get ready and to recover. Mm -hmm. It's Come a, on. it's a, it's a long, it's an it's a process. It's an arduous, arduous task, <laughs> arduous task, but I've seen Joey, you know, Joey has his, he has his whole setup at home. Like he's meticulous about preparation and recovery. Like you said, he has his gym at home. He has all the tools and recovery yeah. that he preps before he even comes to the stadium. So I think he's one of those guys that, that could, if he wanted to continue to play, but again, there's only a limit to those injuries and just feeling like you're, you're still productive with the team. You're just not kind of just sitting around yep. taking up space. Yeah. Give him credit though, man. There's no stone left unturned with regards to preparation, whether that's physically, mentally, the whole deal, man. So he's, I think it's for us knowing the, from the inside, he's, he's gotten every, obviously he's a tremendously talented guy, but I, I feel comfortable saying he's got as much out of his ability as anybody. Absolutely. So, this right, is man. it. 
until hey, next week. We got a little. Hey, next week we'll update. We got a little fantasy draft that we're going to partake in and hopefully end up with a decent squad for the, the farm to the show squad. That's right. Because um, you're, you're, yeah, because you're dealing with the, uh, you know, Paul's, don't, don't get it twisted. Paul's the baby face killer of, of uh, fantasy football. Well, I'm just, so, I'm actually taking advice from Luke Yanish, but if, if anybody's, so we'll just, that, that's just the way that is. I think we just need to just kind of create like some type of LLC for Luke, just kind of like a consulting firm, just a sports consulting firm. Cause the kids, yeah. the kid is on it. We got to do, Hey, you know what? Next week, a part of this, we'll, we'll have kids interview athletes. We'll have him do the interviewing. Um, that was, and, that would be awesome. Anyway. All right, Dickie, it's been fun. Keep it real, man. We'll see each other soon. Always. Thank you for listening to believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.